Jaspers, point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by the good folks at Built Bar. Make sure you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. Today's show, I want to look back at the Blazers' four-game losing streak a little bit, and then I want to look ahead. They got three games left to uh, before the All-Star break and, and see what they need to do to, to close out the first half of this season. And then I want to talk about the All-Star break. There's going to be some Blazers involved in the festivities, and uh, I, for one, am not exactly looking forward to the festivities, but we should, we should, we're still going to talk about them here. But first, let's look back. Since I last recorded on a Sunday afternoon, the Blazers haven't won any games. They went a week straight losing a road trip that featured a really ugly loss to the Suns where the Blazers got thrashed by a team that they just weren't competitive against. A close loss to Denver where the Blazers couldn't really compete down the stretch with the two-man game of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. And then closing it out against the defending champs who got Dennis Schroeder back and then just kind of stiff-armed the Blazers for a nine-point win against the LA Lakers. I want to I kind of want to start in this segment just just you're not running through all three games or running through all four games of the losing streak, but uh, I do want to revisit them because I don't think that there's this sort of like familiar trend where you can say this is the problem if they fix this then that. I think um, I think the losses have a, have a bit of a different, each loss is a bit of a different flavor. And I think revisiting sort of those, why those happened uh, could provide some insight moving forward. And then, like I said, in the second segment, then we'll move forward. We'll look ahead to this week, Charlotte, Golden State, Sacramento to close out uh, the first half of the season. So look, I, I read the emails that y'all send me. I see the tweets uh, that, that some of you send or, or, um, or are sort of pop into my feed from, from, angry Blazer fans, frustrated Blazer fans. And and I kind of tend to think that every loss, people overreact more to losses than they do to wins. Wins is like, well, poof, they made it. And maybe because the Blazers' wins have all been recently <laughs> been a lot of late miracles. So poof, we made it is like a reasonable, um, is a reasonable reaction. But I think in general, people, um, fans, and I don't mean this is like unique to Blazer fans. I don't even like the idea that, that, that certain groups of fans root differently than others. But, uh, I do think there's a tendency for fans just to overreact to losses, uh, in general. And, and like I said, not unique to Blazer fans. And, and the, there are not all losses are created the same. Some of them, uh, like the loss against the Wizards who had really been struggling, but have been playing better lately and sort of the the game the game at Portland last weekend was kind of um the beginning of of Washington really finding their stride and Russell Westbrook starting to look like an, a viable NBA player again even though I don't even think he played he had a nice stat line against the Blazers but um he had some really gross turnovers early in that game I don't think he played particularly well but um to me that loss was more troubling than the Lakers loss at the end of the week and we'll get there uh I think Beginning the road trip at Phoenix, uh, that was always going to be a hard game. The Suns are good. If you're if you're a, a regular listener to this podcast, you know that I have the Suns ranked a tier ahead of the Blazers in my most recent Western Conference tiers. We'll revisit that this week as the first half of the season comes to an end on on this coming Thursday. We'll we'll update our Western Conference tiers. So look out for that bad boy in your feeds on Friday night, but or Friday morning rather. Uh, but the the loss to Phoenix was going to be a tough game, but to lose the way they did and just not have an answer for uh, Devin Booker and to get punked uh, by DeAndre Ayton because they just 
they couldn't handle his size. Chris Paul has given Damian Lord Fitz his whole career. That ain't nothing new. But th- that was um, that was that was a that was a bad loss. I was just that's the the Wizards' loss is frustrating because the game was close and that's not a particularly good team. But to get punked by a team that I think is a little bit. Like Phoenix is just better than Portland as as is right now, um, and you, you you can only play with the dudes you have available. So, I I think that loss was the loss of Phoenix was ugly, but I wasn't gonna freak out because it's like okay, whatever. Um, you know, you have these, you lay an egg, and and Phoenix just dominated. Um, I was more concerned about the Wizards' loss at the time. You follow that up with the game against Denver. You got to figure out a way to win a game on the road. You have to figure out a way to win these win. Games on the road against good teams. Uh, you don't need. You didn't. They didn't need to go two and one or three and zero oh on the road trip for me to say, okay, they're fine. But to lose all three, particularly the Denver game that was close, basically just came down to crunch time. Denver's two best players were better than any combination for the Blazers. Uh, when Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic get cooking, they're really hard to stop. I don't think the Blazers played poorly in that game. And if um, I didn't do a bunch of recaps this week of of the game, so I'm kind of I'm hitting them now for you, but. Uh, I didn't think that that game was just like the Blazers playing particularly poorly. It's just they kind of got out-talented down the stretch, and that's troubling because they're they're supposed to be in this space where, um, you know, Denver, who was missing important bodies that they could compete with. Uh, and I thought that they just they got cooked by, by a, a better duo than the Blazers could muster on the other end. And I thought that loss was, was the biggest deal of the road trip. I thought... Denver, even though it was the second night of a back-to-back at altitude, all those things, that game was there for the Blazers, and they lost it. Um, Friday against Los Angeles, that always kind of, you know, end of a road trip, always kind of seemed like a loss to me. The Lakers had lo- had lost four in a row, then they get Dennis Schroeder back. Like, they're gonna, you're not going to get them sort of half-focused or whatever, Um they they were gonna they needed a win and they got one. Uh, I saw a lot of people freaking out after that game on 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 the internet, which I guess is a good place to freak out. So go for it. But um, t- to me, this wasn't like an indictment of the coaching staff. Um, maybe maybe we're watching different games. Uh, maybe you know maybe you you're appreciating something I'm missing here. And feel free to email me at, at lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com if you think I'm really sort of missing the ball on this one. But to me, this is just the Blazers ran up against a team that's better than them, and it looks like it. Um, and I'm not going to... I'm just... I'm not here to freak out about them losing to teams that are more talented than them right now. Uh, it's... This was troubling, but personally, like, if you're just... If you're looking at process over results, the Blazers' process was pretty good. Damian Lillard took on the double teams and found open shooters, and Robert Covington missed a million threes. 0 for 5. Gary Trent Jr. was 2 for, two for 11 from 3. Like... Those are guys you want shooting, and if the Blazers are going to win, those guys have to shoot right around that volume and make shots. Robert Covington needs to make threes. He needs to, you know, he needs to go two for six from deep. That, that's what they need him to do. 0 for 5 is and 1 for 8 from the floor. Uh, they're just not going to survive that way. And to me, I thought Dame handled the, the, the Lakers defense fairly well. He was on fire in the first half and clearly was injured after halftime. Clearly did not look good. Uh, stepped on... Taylor Horton Tucker's foot and was just hobbled. Um, and, and, and the second half reflected that because the Blazers just need Dame to play at, at a certain level um, to have a chance with their sort of their talent that they have right now. Um, but like he continuously found Covington, continuously found Trent out of the out of the traps, like the exact thing you want them to do. You want him to see the traps, accept the defense, make the read, 
uh, have uh, whoever either the, either the screener or Dame pass out of that double team to someone's open because you have an advantage with the double team. He hit Trent and Covington. They missed shots. I didn't think that that was some sort of big indictment of Terry Stotts not knowing how to play against good teams or not knowing how to coach against good teams. Rather, I didn't. That is not what I saw on Friday night. Uh, I, I get that there's the loudest part of the fan base is going to be the most frustrated. So I don't mean to speak to only to the sort of to the naysayers, but I, I'm just kind of taking the temperature of what I saw Blazer fans. And to me, I wasn't freaking out after that game. Uh, they're in a bad spot, like losing four in a row is in a bad spot. But to me, the game to freak out was like, man, man, they should have figured out a way to get some get some better uh, execution and, and just a handful more stops against the Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic two-man game. And by a handful, I, I literally mean two. A small handful. A couple. Uh, but, they're, I mean, you are what you are. They've lost four in a row. Uh, they've, in three of those games, they were, it, or excuse me, in two of those three games, they were not competitive in the fourth quarter. You know, Lakers and Suns not competitive in the fourth quarter. That's not a good feeling. You don't want the Blazers to be in that spot. But... To me, the the Phoenix loss and the Denver loss were much more troubling than the Lakers loss. The Lakers loss is just playing, you know, a team that's going to win the damn championship. The Lakers are going to get it. The Lakers are going to win the second straight. For my money, the Lakers are going to win their second straight Larry O'Brien trophy in the in the spring. And obviously, they're missing Anthony Davis, the person that makes their team actually special. And this was a shorthanded version of them, but. The, even then, this is the, the, you look at the roster. They're more talented. I mean, they're just top end talent. Um, they've got it. And the Blazers' depth, which if they were healthy, you could you could argue that the Blazers have more better players. But the Blazers aren't healthy, and that's um, and particularly once Dame got hurt, it was just it was it was it was it was what it was. I don't mean to erase it like the Blazers aren't playing poorly. I just um, maybe I'm just being hyper-realistic about their chances. If you're if you're a long-time listener to this podcast, you know that I always thought the Blazers would kind of be in position to battle for home court advantage in the playoffs. And I was assuming like pretty good health. You know, I wasn't assuming um, the type of health that they've, type of injury luck that they've had. I was assuming probably better luck than this. They're kind of right in that spot. They're going to have bad games. Um, they're not going <laughs> to, they're not going to fire Terry Stotts for losing to the Lakers, y'all. <laughs> He didn't have a particularly good... This was not a sterling road trip for him or the team or whatever the hell. But um, personally, this this particular podcaster is not freaking out. And the reason that I'm not freaking out is because the Blazers have an opportunity in front of them to kind of erase this bad week. Erase a really gross stretch. Where now, it's been a while since they won. Closing in on 10 days. So they have a chance to sort of get back and... Um, make this feel like a productive first half of the season. And that starts on Monday against the Charlotte Hornets. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. They got three winnable games, all at home, two against teams that are currently outside of the playoffs in Sacramento and Charlotte. It's these are this is a week to get right. Uh, they had it they played against better competition and lost. They kind of talent caught up with them. Here's a chance to play with teams that they are as good or better than and win. This is a chance to sort of put themselves back in the position they want to be in and get healthy. And that's what I want to talk about in the second segment. Here's the week ahead, what, what you should hope for and what I expect from this Blazers team. That's what we'll do. But first, I want to tell y'all about Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, or be better? Well, guess what? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. 
Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace is a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is also backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. Look, you deserve to feel better, and Headspace's meditation made is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditation for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. This episode is also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, simply put, is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games are happening every night along with NHL hockey if you're into that. Also college basketball rounding into this postseason. We're just a week away or so from the from the NCAA tournament. BetOnline also covers awards, TV, TV shows and reality TV. It's got real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to the website. That's betonline.ag. You can do that on your phone. You can do it on your computer. Works on either one. But head on over to betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You know at Lockdown Blazers, we got you covered for all things Portland basketball. You don't have to worry about that, but you might be worried about where you're going to get the rest of your sports news. But I want to tell you, don't do that. No need to worry because the Lockdown Podcast Network has you covered with the new show, Locked On Today. Hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. So subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you already get podcasts. All right, so in the first segment, we talked about the Blazers' four-game losing streak. Kind of my thoughts on a couple of those losses. Um, I under- I am okay if you are upset and, th- and are freaking out about uh, how how they're playing. Like I've said on this podcast before, there is no wrong way to be a fan. If you're if you are if you are the fan who gets upset when they lose um, and screams and yells and sends angry emails, great. I'm, I'm I am honored to have you listen. If you're the kind of fan who just uh, who is unmoved by it, I'm honored to have you listen too. Like I said, no wrong way to do it. But for me, I just maybe my expectations are a little jacked up. But like, if they had gone one and two on that road trip and they had lost three or four, I wouldn't have worried. I wouldn't be worried. Um, I think the Denver and Phoenix games were much more troubling than the than the Lakers game. And I think starting off that. Before that trip, losing to Washington was maybe the most troubling of all of them because that's that was the most imminently winnable game on the schedule. Um, the Blazers ran up against good teams and they lost. It kind of shows where they are. They are not. Um, they have been able to feast on bad teams. They you know they pulled off a couple wins against against competitive teams like Philly, obviously. But uh, you know they've been able to beat up on sub five hundred and non playoff teams, and that's how they've racked up their wins. And 
when they've gone against higher level competition, they haven't looked as good. Like they looked this week where they just, they just weren't as good as those teams. And now you can say it doesn't matter. They're going to get to the playoffs and the reality will come. Sure. But we're a long way from that. We'll, we, there is, if that sober, sobering reality comes, I'll be here to talk about it. I won't deny it. I'm not going to say that the Blazers, you know, um, that we didn't see the signs in late February that maybe this team wasn't very good. But I'm just, if you if you start freaking out now about what happens in April, one, you miss the joy of the NBA regular season. And two, you just get too far ahead of yourself in, in worrying about this team. They have a chance to get right this week and then get healthy. That's the most important thing for this group. Get healthy. Get CJ back. Get Yusuf Nurkic back. Play basketball with your full squad, then figure out where you are, and if the front office makes some trades, makes some moves, and upgrades the roster or moves some parts around, then you can kind of uh, start worrying about how they're going to match up with the best teams in the West. But if they're not whole, this is not the space where you're going to see someone freaking out about their performances. I'm, I'm sorry, maybe that's what you want is me to be really mad, but... To me, this team is not, they just aren't super good with this group. And of course, they're going to lose to good teams. But here's the good news. They don't have to play any good teams this week. Apologies to the Golden State Warriors for characterizing them as such. But too late, I already did. The Blazers have three more games before the All-Star break. It begins Monday. They're all at home. It begins Monday against the Charlotte Hornets. Hornets are pretty good. Like they, they go small, they spread you out. Uh, Lamella Ball is fearless. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. He's a, he's a joy to watch. Terry Rozier has been really good. Gordon Hayward has these moments where you're like, oh yeah, he's this dude was an all star in Utah. Um, they you know Cody Zeller sets big screens and is and is somewhat functional in the middle. They they got interesting young forwards in PJ Washington and Miles Bridges. They're they're a competitive team. Like even if they're out of the playoffs in the West or in the East, rather as it stands right now, they're tenth. Uh, they they play a little bit later tonight. I'm recording this. The two teams the Blazers play next, Charlotte and Sacramento, literally play. It. I'm recording this about an hour before tip off. So I'm probably gonna watch that game. I encourage you you to do the same if you're capable of doing it. I guess I'm gonna publish this episode like right as that game tips off. So if you've made it here, you're like 20 minutes in. Okay, it's the middle of the second quarter of Kings Hornets. Go 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 go. But um. The, the Hornets are, they're, they're capable of beating good teams, but they're not, they're, this is not a good team by any means. Um, you know, they're 15 and 17. They've got a negative point differential. They're, they're fine. Like they're, they're capable of winning, but the Blazers need to take care of business. If they lose to the Hornets, you, you I'm, I told you I wasn't freaking out about um, the Lakers, the Lakers games. They lose to the Hornets. I'll go ahead and freak out. I'm happy to freak out. That would be a bad loss, particularly because they've lost four in a row to this point. After the Hornets game, they play a national TV game Wednesday against the Golden State Warriors. Blazers have punked the Warriors once and got absolutely lit up. Steph Curry gave him 62. The Warriors are capable of beating any team in the league. they've, They've turned into a really good defensive team. Draymond Green just anchors that group defensively. Uh, the rest of the rest of their sort of wing core is is competitive in that way. Like Kelly Oubre gets after it. Andrew Wiggins um, is much more competitive defensively than he's been in the past. Uh, shout out to Draymond Green for really instilling that in him. Uh, they're better on defense with Kevon Looney than than James Wiseman. And Steph Curry is like a, he's a good opportunistic defender. He's not. Um, 
you know, he's not an elite defensive player, but he, he can be part of really good defensive teams and has been throughout his career because he's smart and has great hands. So that group, you know, you worry about their offense and their shooting with Curry, but it's really just about their defense. Can can Dame solve Draymond? Draymond has always been a guy who just, he is just in that third layer of defense saying, go ahead, go ahead, Dame. I'm reading your eyes. I'm reading everything. He's he's made it tough on, on Dame in the past. And um, that group, this the Warriors have settled into being a really good defensive team. That's a game you really want to win. The, the Warriors are right in the same spot as the Blazers in the standings. If... If this, if the, if the Blazers are like a serious sort of, if they're going to make their push, it includes beating the teams that are sort of on their level. And Golden State is absolutely on their level. That's a game you should win, and you should win it because it's the second, it's the first night of a back-to-back, and the second night of a back-to-back is against a bad team. Sacramento Kings are bad, but second night of a back-to-back, the game before the All-Star break, that is a game where your body and brain are going to be tired. So winning against Charlotte and Golden State are, are paramount because you just you just do not know what sort of, what juice the Blazers are going to have by the time they get to Thursday against the Kings. The Kings, though, are bad. They had lost nine in a row before they uh, squeaked by the Pistons in a, a three-point win. They went to Detroit and won. The Pistons, mind you, have the worst record in the NBA. This is, uh, you know, the, the Kings are just a mess. They're just bad. Um, they're not, they're, the, they're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They play fast. They're, they have enough talent to beat the Blazers. They've already done it once this year, but they're, they're in a bad spot. But like I said, you don't want, because of the sort of the nature of when that game lands in the schedule after Golden State and at the end of this, the end of, uh, of the end of the first half of the season, you just want to, you want to be 2-0 looking at 3-0. You don't want to be 1-1 one and, one and desperately needing a win because that's that's just a tough game to get up for even if against against a bad team. But this has been the Blazers formula for for a month now, right? Squeak by bad teams. Now, if you are someone who is who's who's all about I'm, I am in some ways, but if you're all process over results, then, and these results don't matter and if if they don't beat these teams out, it's obvious proof that they're not good. I probably agree with you. Honestly, I probably agree with you. If they don't smoke the Hornets and smoke the Kings, then it's not a great sign. But I'm for right now, for where the Blazers are, for how um, for the way Dame's foot looked in the second half against the Lakers, and he he is reportedly fine. Uh, it's he he will be available on uh, on Monday night as of as of Sunday. To be clear, he's not on the injury report. Like he's, they're not treating him as injured right now. He's not. He doesn't have a designation, so there's no reason to believe he wouldn't be available. Blazers did get to practice over the weekend. Typically, they've been better after practices. But I let's not even put into like what are they going to install over the weekend or whatever. They're going to watch some film. They're going to hope to sharpen things up, and then they're going to play bad teams. That's the key. Go ahead and beat some bad teams. Beat the Hornets. Beat the Warriors. Beat the Kings. End up 21 and 14 heading into the break. You are in a great spot. 20 and 15 is an okay spot. 1 and 2 or 0 and 3 in this stretch, they go into the All-Star break seven straight losses. Oh boy, that's going to be a nightmare. Even 1 and 2 in this stretch seems like probably a, like a sign of, of real trouble. I think this they got to go 2 and 1 at a minimum and you look for 3 and 0 because these are winnable games and over the last month they've taken care of winnable games and struggled against good teams. Go ahead and win the winnable games. That's it. That's the formula. It's 
For me, I'm going to throw out style points this week. We can talk about sort of the, the substance and the concerns over the All-Star break. Send me your questions. I will field them. I... I tend not to freak out about this team because um, it's just sort of not my nature as the way I, I think about the team. And I, I, I didn't envision this team as like close to a championship if things go right. I, I envision them as kind of like losing to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals if everything breaks right. So maybe my expectations are jacked up and that's why um, I'm not uh, super, super worried about a four-game losing streak. But I'll be, I'll be worried if they lose on Monday night to the Hornets, that's for sure. Uh, beat bad teams, simple as that. After this week, the Blazers head into the All-Star, will head to All-Star weekend, head to head to the mid-season break. But a couple big names or some Blazer names are going to be joining Damian Lillard Saturday night in Atlanta for the All-Star festivities. We're going to talk about them next. But first, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. You know Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you're not familiar with Built Bar and you're a new listener, let me tell you. That's the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what it is. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They got that candy bar-like texture. They're not dry and chalky like other protein bars you may have uh, tasted in the past. That's not what Built Bar is doing. They're making delicious bars. They're soft and easy to chew. They come in awesome flavors like coconut almond and raspberry and banana bread. You, if you, y'all know I love the banana bread flavor. Shout out to banana bread. If the deliciousness and banana bread doesn't sell you, what if I told you that they're all low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber? Great for the keto diet. If you're trying to maintain ketosis, grab a Built Bar. Either way, go get yourself some of these bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON20. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON20. That's a new promo code, y'all. LOCKEDON20. That gives you 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. If you like this podcast, why don't you check out Locked on NBA Draft? Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Dayron Sharp. How much do you really know about these potential NBA stars? Well, if you want to know more, you need to subscribe to Locked on NBA Draft. Got prospect scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week. From credentialed journalists who are all over the college basketball and NBA draft scene. So make sure you subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. All right, we talked about the Blazers losing streak. We talked about the week ahead. Uh, four in a row is not the place you want to be, but they have a chance to get right against th- in three winnable games to close out the year, or close out the first half of the year, rather. They can put themselves in a really, really nice position. But regardless, when all that's said and done, on Saturday evening, you're going to get to watch some of your Trailblazers do all-star stuff. Let me just say this, and then I'm not going to like soapbox about it. They shouldn't have an all-star game. It's stupid as hell, and it's insulting, and it's dangerous and dumb. But every time is going to be there. Robert Covington is going to be there. Dame's going to be there. It's going to be on TV. You can watch it. I probably won't. But there's news, 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 news. Anthony Simons, according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, is going to take part in the slam dunk contest. That's right. The Let Ant Dunk campaign was finally successful, and Anthony Simons is headed to the dunk contest. 
per Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. That's that's the reporter who broke it. So it hasn't been confirmed by the team, but Woj is right. I mean, we, it's that's that's just that's how it's going to go down. Uh, Simons is going to join uh, a couple other young guys in this contest, including New York's Obi Toppin, uh, the rookie lottery pick Obi Toppin, and uh, Pacers rookie Cassius Stanley. Cassius Stanley's in the G League right now, so you might not have seen him. Uh, <laughs> A whole bunch, but and maybe you're a big Fort Wayne Mad Ants fan. So um, it, it sounds like it's going to be mostly young guys. Uh, that makes sense. If I'm a veteran, I'm not going to, and you ask me to come to a one-night-only All-Star weekend during the pandemic, I'm going to decline. But uh, it should be a lot of fun. Amphrey Simons in, has not really turned into much of an in-game dunker. He has a handful, um, but he has incredible, incredible effortless bounce. Like... The videos the Blazers social media team, uh, shout out to Adam and Amara, put on put out regularly of Ant just you know one stepping to this and slapping the square and just uh, I mean the the young man can really really fly. Um, he's a he's an incredible athlete and I I think it it, it could be a lot of fun to see to see what he does. Uh, the All Star Game needs it kind of needs or not the All-Star game. The Dome Contest kind of needs a narrative and, and fanfare and and um, like Derek Jones Jr. was better after he'd been in a dunk contest and people knew who he was than the first year he went in with Phoenix and was like, wait, who the hell is that? He played nine NBA games by the time he, you know, first first was in it with uh, with the Suns. But then when he came back, you know, a couple of years later with the Heat, he was he was a known dunker and it was more fun. So I I generally think the the um, dunk contest is better with with names you know. I don't think Obi Toppin and Cash Stanley exactly do it, but the name you know is Anthony Simons. That should be a lot of fun. Other in other All Star news. Uh, Robert Covington reportedly going to be part of the Skills Challenge now. Cool. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know how excited you get about the skills challenge, but um, cool that Robert Covington was, was invited, I guess. I, I'm, I am, a, I'm, I would say I'm lukewarm <laughs> about, um, I'm having trouble getting, getting hyped up or having a, uh, having a, uh, having a take about this. I will say this, uh, the NBA is, uh, they're kind of wrapping the the All-Star Weekend in donations to historically black colleges and universities. And that's good for them. Um, you could just give them money without having an All-Star game, though, y'all. It's a billion-dollar corporation. Um, but Robert Covington went to an HBCU. He's the only active NBA player who, uh, was, who attended HBCU. Shout out to Tennessee Tech. So good on the NBA for if you're going to, you know, honor HBCUs or, or recognize, recognize their contributions to have the loan guy from a historically black college, um, get, be involved in the weekend. So good for Robert. Um, Robert's a, Robert Covington seems like a cool dude. I haven't spent, you know, the, the nature of this, uh, of, of the way media works now is that I've only talked to him via video conferencing, but he seems cool. So if he roots, if he, if he wins the skills competition, I'll be happy for him. Okay. Maybe not happy for him. I'll be aware <laughs> if Robert Covington wins the skills competition, I will know about it. It's, it's fine. Um, it's this is mostly just news for you to know. Like, if you're looking ahead to the weekend, Dame's going to play in the All-Star game. Most, I mean, he's, he's on the rosters. Um, and uh, and you're going to get more Blazers throughout Saturday night. So if you're looking for um, your, you know, Blazers fix during the, uh, during the time off, you're going to get Saturday night with Ant, which could be a lot of fun. And Robert Covington, which could be a lot of 
him passing the ball into a net from chest pass standstill position, one of the great skills that we all really love watching. And, you know, maybe Damian Lillard will win MVP of the All-Star game, and then we'll really have something to get. Uh, then I'll, then I really will have a take about it. Otherwise, the All-Star game, I would say take it or leave it, but leave it. That would be my preference. Big week ahead for the Blazers. This is a prove-it week for the Blazers. They've looked bad, um, and it's caused people to freak out, probably rightfully so. Um I'm withholding judgment because if they if they beat bad teams, they'll be in the position they need to be in. This week is a chance to do that. So really big week for them starting Monday against the uh, Charlotte Hornets. Also on Monday. That's when I record Mailbag Monday. It is our weekly mailbag show. And if you want to get involved, there's two ways to do it. You can tweet at me at Mike T. Rich or send me an email, lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com. Lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com is the address. I record the show on Monday nights. I post it on Tuesday mornings. If we have overflow, which we typically do nowadays, I'll post a special delivery mailbag episode later in the week. Not exactly sure when special delivery is going to land. I got to line up um, some interviews, so we'll fi- I'll figure that out. But I'll let you know on. I'll probably let you know during Monday's mailbag show tomorrow. Uh, so send me your questions. It's always a lot of fun, and I would love to have you get involved. Otherwise, just tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Locked on Blazers if they're waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.